heart's been blessed in my study. I had just turned to the book of John to begin a, a study there and begin reading through John. And I came to verse number one, which is one of my favorite verses in all the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. These next three verses are our text verses for the message tonight. Verse 10 says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to give to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are in our lives, how you've made yourself known to us, even in this study, Lord, even in this day in our prayer. I thank you that your precious Holy Spirit has dwelt so mightily in our lives. And God, I pray tonight that we would be able to speak with power. God, I pray that you would loosen our tongue, Lord, that we would be able to share everything that you would have us share in this message. But God, nothing of opinion, nothing of my own power or knowledge or ability, but Lord, everything that you would have us share. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for who you are once again, our Savior, Lord, our Creator. We love you, God, and we praise you. It is in Jesus' name we powerfully pray. Amen. Amen. Preach to you for just a few moments tonight the thought of they received him not. They received him not. When we think about Christ coming into the world, it literally is the story of God being made man. That's what made Jesus Christ different. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn, not because he was the first man ever to be born, but because he was God-made man, and he was the only one that was ever born with the divinity, with his deity, coming to us, born of a virgin. There's no one before and no one after that would ever come in that form, in that fashion. He's preeminent in who he is. And of all the things that Jesus Christ is, he is creator. Why? Because he is God. He proceeded from God and came to the earth. He was God-made man. He's existed from before time began. He'll exist long after time on this earth ends, and he'll exist on into eternity. When you think about Jesus, as it says there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him. 
and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his own name. He was rejected by his own people. I'll give you a few thoughts tonight on how Christ was rejected. First, he was rejected by the people he created. He was rejected by the people he consecrated. And he was rejected by the people that he was crucified for. The people that he created, the people that he consecrated, and the people that he was crucified for. He came into this earth and in a lowly way, in a meek and humble way, was born, literally born in a feeding trough. And I like that. I've said that before. That's about as country as it can get. And how Jesus comes into the world is not the way that man would like to think of a Messiah coming to dwell on this earth. He's a great king. He's the king of the heavens. He's the creator of the worlds. The, the Bible just tells us there that without him was not anything made that was made. There's nothing upon this earth that God's mighty hand and, and the hand of, of our Lord Jesus Christ did not have a hand in. He, he worked in everything. That's a mighty and powerful God, amen? But he comes to the earth and he's meek and he's lowly and he's humble and he's born into humility. His parents were fleeing at the time of him being, being while, while Mary was pregnant, while he was just an infant, there was fear in their hearts that he may be killed. And the reality is he was not born in form and fashion of royalty on this earth. He was born meek and lowly. And so when he came to the world, he did not come, even though the, the Jews had been told how their Messiah would be sent. Their, the Jews had been told how their Messiah would come and who he would be and all the way down to the borrowed tomb. And I like that. That just sticks out in my mind so much. All the way down to the borrowed tomb at the end of his life. The Jews had been told through prophecy about how he would come and how he would live and how he would die and how he would be resurrected and, and all these amazing things that Jesus would do, but they received him not. What a sad thing it is that we consider how the people that were created by this Jesus Christ reject him and have rejected him and did reject him. How the people that he consecrated in the Jews, how the people that he set aside the people that he called out, the people that he particularly dealt with, the people that he specifically blessed, rejected him. And how we see today, those he, were, those he was crucified for, each and every man, woman, boy, and girl that will ever draw breath upon this earth, he gave his life. He shed his blood. He died upon that cross for every person, yet they reject him. I think one little side note here that I really felt led to share is that we restrict the power of Christ when we restrict our view of who he is as God. We restrict his power not because I have the ability to take away the power of God. I have the ability to take away the power of Christ. I cannot do that. But I hinder the work of the Holy Spirit because I have such a low view of God. This God that we serve, this God that sent his only begotten son, was the creator of this world. 
He created everything upon this earth. The Bible tells us, as we just read two or three times, there was nothing on this earth that he didn't have a hand in making. He has his hand in everything, yet he's rejected. And today in the world in which we live, the church's effectiveness has walked in lockstep with the view of God in the church. The view of God has never been lower, and the effectiveness of the church has never been lower. I mean, why? Because we don't look at God, John chapter 1, verse 1. We don't look at God, John chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 3. We don't look at God in his lofty and his mighty way. And while I will never be able to understand who God is truly and how God does these amazing things, and I'll never know the mind of God, and I'll never understand the plans of God, and I can't ever understand the will of God, I know because of the testimony of the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me that there's something real about this God that I serve. That this one that I serve is the only God. And that any other man, woman, any other deity that's ever been worshipped, any other little G God that's been put out there that the devil has spun in the minds of people across this world, they're nothing but imaginary mythological people. I serve the God. I serve the creator. And Jesus Christ walked upon this earth and he lived and he died. And he was resurrected by his own power. He's the firstborn. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's all these amazing things. Yet he was rejected. And he is rejected. First, he was rejected by the people he created. Hebrews eleven three 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. These worlds were framed by the word of God. Jesus Christ, his hand has been in it all from the beginning. Those that he created, any and all human beings that have ever heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that reject him because they refuse to believe in him, that turn away the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work and how he will deal with them about being saved. Any that have ever been created that reject him, they are on the broad road to destruction. There's some people that they're just, they're just not going to believe. They're just not going to change their mind. I've seen people, I've seen it in my own family, and it breaks your heart because I've seen people on their deathbeds, and I know that the Holy Spirit has, has dealt with them so mercifully. Over and over and over, the Holy Spirit has dealt with them about their salvation. And they would not believe and they would not receive. They were not religious. They didn't go to church. They didn't do anything in a religious nature. They just would not believe. And it breaks your heart because there's so many created by God have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, yet they'll receive him not. We're all created by him. We're part of Verse 3, without him was not anything made that was made. We're part of verse 3, folks. We are created, the handiwork of the Father, corrupted by sin, in need of a Savior. That's you and that's me. We were created by him. And the people in the world that we look at and they seem the furthest away from having any kind of goodness about them, they were created by him. These people that 
commit horrible atrocities. I see these things on the news and you see things going on around the world. You see what people do to their families and their children and, and, and it's horrible things. God created them. You say, well, I'm glad they ain't going to go to heaven. They'll go to heaven if they get saved. They've done ter- terrible things. Hey, I've done some terrible things and while my things might not be as bad as somebody else, but if they turn to Christ, they'll go to heaven. Praise the Lord. That's mercy and that's grace. While we were yet sinners, yet people rejected. The people he created reject him. There's also the religious crowd. The crowd that I'm going to go to church, I'm going to sit in this spot, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to give this tithe, I'm going to be a part of this thing, and I'll get in heaven based off that. I've got my baptismal certificate, and I'm a long-standing member, and they know I give a little bit extra in the tithe plate. That's not going to get you to heaven. They received him not. They received him not. The religious people received him not. They had a knowledge that Jesus exists. Many sit in the church house years and years and years, and they've heard the gospel over and over and over, and they've seen the spirit move, and they've seen people saved. Yet they die and they go to hell because they're religious, simply religious, and that's all. It's just form and fashion and come in and sit in this spot and do this thing. And I'm not saying a thing about anybody sitting in your spot. You sit in your spot, I'll get confused. Everybody start moving around. We've got to be careful that we're not religious about it. That we don't think that this gives me some kind of standing with God. That because I've done that, I'm a preacher. God looks down on me and I've arrived. No, no, that's not the case. The only thing God deals in, and I've said this recently, is blood. And the only thing he accepts is the blood of Christ. The only thing God deals in. So we have the religious. I like what John MacArthur said. He said, more people are on the religious road to hell than on the righteous road to heaven. A lot of people, their their faith is in their church membership. Their faith is in their denomination. Their faith is in uh, where, where they've been and what they've done and what meeting they've went to or, or how they've served here and how they've served there. God only deals in blood. He only accepts the blood of Christ. The, tent, the intention of the coming of Christ is to usher in the perfected plan of redemption that would ultimately bridge the gap between man and God due to sin. Yet many will never have fellowship with the one that created them, the one that sent his son, the one that bridged that gap, the one that offers salvation. I heard of a story recently, two stories. One, a preacher's wife that got saved, praise the Lord. And this thing's ha- these things happen, and she was nervous to tell anybody because she's the preacher's wife. And the pastor told her, there's no reason to be worried. Thank the Lord you're saved. She said, I, I led my husband to Jesus. You see, people can know the gospel, can tell you the gospel, can explain what Jesus did in his work. And the Holy Spirit can come and deal with someone and they can be saved. And that person died and go to hell. How sad is that? That someone who could recite the Bible, who could tell you about the gospel. I heard a story of a woman this past week, 80 years old, taught Sunday school for years, got saved. We've got to be careful, people that we don't walk through life thinking we've got something because I've done this and I've done that. She said, I don't, what am I going to tell people? What am I going to tell my kids? Who am I? 
preacher said, it don't matter. You got saved. Praise the Lord. Heard a story of a preacher who was preaching the gospel. And he fell to his knees in the pulpit and asked Christ into his heart. I'm concerned about the pastor search committee just a little bit, but no, I'm just kidding. We have to be careful that we're not on a religious road, but I'm on the righteous road. Not my righteous road, but his righteous road. They received him not. The people he created, next the people that he consecrated, verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And, and, and while it's true that he came, Jesus Christ came into this earth, and he came to his own as far as the people he created, but also who did he come through? He came through the Jewish tradition, the Jewish line. He came through Israel. He came through the tribe of Judah. He came through the lineage of David, just as the prophecies all pointed to and all the prophecies said. He came in every form, in every fashion. He was born in the right city. He did the right thing. He was born during the right time. He died the right way. He uh, was resurrected the right, right way. All the, 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 the testimonies of the prophets pointed to how Jesus would be born and how he would live, how he would die, how he would be resurrected. He did all the right things, yet they received him not. Who? The Jews. Those people he consecrated, the people that he provided for, the people that he blessed, the people that, that he, he did amazing things for, the people that he made covenants with, the, the people that he uh, allowed to go into bondage to teach them lessons, yet he uh, uh, so amazingly redeemed them from that bondage, the people that he's given, his land, given the land back to, the people that uh, he's taken things from so they could learn, the people he told not to worship uh, uh, Baal and false gods and golden calves and all those things, the people that rejected him and turned their back, to, back on him. Those people that he consecrated, that line that he set up, those people that he said from the beginning that he would bless, they received him not. And how blessed the Jewish people are, even in this day. I was thinking today, those people were true and mighty chosen of God. They were forgiven and they were never forgotten. They were triumph, triumphant and exalted. The Romans do not exist as an ethnic people today. The Byzantines faded away. The Gauls and the Saxons faded away. The Babylonians and the Philistines faded away. Their bloodlines are still existent but will never again stand nationally or will be unified ethnically. Yet God has allowed Israel to preserve and still be a nation to this day. But that Jewish story is great in the sense of God's blessing, but sad that they've received him not. And even after 2,000 years, they still reject him. They're still cold-hearted to the truth of their Messiah that was sent 2,000 years ago. The people that he consecrated, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Those names I just lifted, lifted, listed off of those ethnic groups and those People, some of them you probably never heard. Maybe you've never heard some of them. But you've heard about Israel. You've heard about the Jewish bloodline. You've heard about God's people that he called out and he set apart. They received him not. Verse 12, he says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
In this day in which we live, this church age in which we live that was established when our Savior Jesus Christ was resurrected and when he ascended to heaven, this church age in which we dwell in, the, the, the day that we find ourselves in, uh, we find that every man, woman, boy, and girl, Jesus Christ was crucified for you. Yet he's not been received by so many. The people he created, the people he consecrated, the people he was crucified for, Many have rejected him. What a sad story it is. I was praying in my private time today, thinking about how unfortunate it is. We think of the return of Christ, and it's imminent. Whether it happens in a thousand years or a hundred years, it's still imminent. It has been imminent and right around the corner since Jesus ascended to heaven. But death is imminent. We do not know what holds in this week, this day, this hour, this minute. None of us can guarantee I'll be living in 10 minutes. We have plans for tomorrow. Amen? I got plans for tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. And how many in that moment, in that moment of death, I wonder what would flash through their mind. There's no rejecting God at that point in time. His existence is proved. It's just whether or not you have the credentials to get you to the other side. What a scary and sobering thought. He's been crucified. He died and he was resurrected for every person. Yet they received him not. What does that verse say in verse 12? As many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The ability that we have through Jesus Christ means that we're grafted into the family. We're grafted into his chosen and consecrated and elect people. We're part of his plan. We're part of his purpose. Can you think all the way back before, before time began, when God existed, things we don't know about, don't understand, will never understand upon this earth. God was thinking of us. He was thinking of creation. He was thinking of consecration and the law which in its own way is a beautiful thing a beautiful story of grace but he was thinking about his son that he would send before the foundation of the earth he saw little Donnie Hammond when you were just a toddler causing trouble and tearing things up he saw you what a mighty God we serve and we can't get excited about it because we found ourselves in the lukewarm day Listen to a message this past week that had stirred my soul. He said, uh, the preacher, he said, the, the hardest thing about living and preaching in the church age is the lukewarm people in the church are the hardest people to reach because we're so religious, because we're so caught in our, in our ways and our self-righteousness. We're so caught up in who we are. We're embarrassed to say, I need help or I need to pray. We don't want to go to the altar because somebody is going to think something about me or somebody's going to say something about me. People are worried. I don't want to, I don't, I, I've known for years I need to be saved, uh, but I'm the preacher's wife or I'm the pastor's wife or, or I'm this person or I'm that person or I'm a Sunday school person. It doesn't matter. At the end of your life, those credentials will not, you cannot deal with God with those credentials. All God deals with is blood. And we are blessed that he sent his son to be crucified on our behalf. When I deserve to die, Jesus died. And I'm, all, I'm offered 
the free gift of salvation, to be grafted and literally become one of the sons of God. He takes me in like his own. I was created for him, but you see, because of sin, I was separated from him. And that sin, I was lost completely. There's nothing I could do to gain favor with God. I couldn't save up enough money to deal with God. It's only through and by the blood of Christ. And it's simple. And people still reject him. I wish I could just pour it out. I wish I could go these places. I mean, we can start in the church. Just pass the cup of God's goodness around. What I know to be true because of the Holy Spirit of God, I wish I could just pass it around. And if you've tasted of it, you're like, hey, that's good. I want a little bit of that. I've had that before. It's been a hard week. I need some of that. Thank you. Maybe you're full. And you say, I, I am running over. It'll run over to somebody beside you. Maybe you're empty. You've never tasted of the goodness of God. I wish I could pour it out in front of you. But all I can tell you is that the devil doesn't want you to get real about your salvation. Because as long as he can keep people deceived about their salvation, either he keeps Christians unactivated and on a church pew and lukewarm, or he keeps people lost, deceived, and heading for hell. The people that Christ was crucified for, they received him not. And it's a shame. Because people say, well, I don't want to get into being a Christian. I have to start coming to church all the time. Huh, I ain't got time for that. You'll never regret it. So I don't want to be a Christian. These people tithing, you mean I'll give my money to the church? You'll never regret it. You say, you mean I have to bring my kids to this stuff? I promise you, you become a Christian. You will want to get involved in the house of God. You will freely and, and want to give God in, in your financial abilities and your financial capabilities. You'll determine that it's okay that your kids are at the church house rather than playing Xbox at the house. They're much better off. Don't take the Xbox from them because then they'll be mad at me. But you know what? You'll see a difference in your children. There's just been some little tweaks and changes we've made with Riley recently. And every time we get in the car, we have a conversation about heaven. To the point where I was like, son, we're going to have to take a breather for a second. I might have to get a theological dictionary out here. But then, in just the blink of an eye, the Holy Spirit dealt with me. And I realized what a blessing it is my little boy wants to talk about heaven. You say, you said that three or four times. I thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's all Him. The things that are inconveniences... If you're a lukewarm Christian, the inconvenient things about being a Christian, God will refresh those things to you if you get real about your salvation. When you look at God in the way that he deserves and you climb back up that slippery slope that the view of God has fell from, when you get back to the top, you'll realize, man, I've been missing out. Maybe, you've lost, maybe you're lost. You never accepted Christ as your Savior. It's a free, available and wonderful gift. And it requires nothing from you aside from realization and repentance. What? Realize you're a sinner. Repent for your sin. Accept him into your heart. What a blessing that is. We can, book, we can bring the book of Leviticus out if we want to get that way. We'll go through the law. 
this gospel, this gospel of this man named Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the humble man from a carpenter's family. Man, we need to get happy about Jesus. I realized this past week, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need him. I need him every day. I need him every hour. That old hymn, I need thee, oh, I need thee. I mean, every hour I need thee. I need Jesus. And I know I'm going to heaven and I need Jesus every day. Can we think about where we were at or where we may be without Jesus Christ? If you have no hope for heaven, where does your hope lay? Where? 